Welcome to Lift History. I am so excited to have Joel Dirks here with me tonight. But before I launch into peppering him with questions about his strongman and his grip career, I would be remiss if I didn't thank tonight's sponsor, Plate Snacks. If you want to customize your gym, if you want to make your gym your gym, then head over to Plate Snacks for custom weight decals and all other kinds of accessories for your home gym. You can save a little bit of money by typing in code VINTAGE at platesnacks.com. Now, Joel, thanks for humoring me there with our sponsor. I appreciate you holding for a sec. How's it going, man? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm excellent. Uh, before listeners, before I hit record, I was telling Joel that like he he's one of these guys, maybe the algorithms online just know that like I want to see what you're up to. I don't know, but I feel like everywhere I turn, I'm seeing you. And so either you're doing something cool with, you know, Shaw Classic, or you're doing something cool flipping a plate around. So yeah, I've it's great to have you on. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of traction lately, a lot of repost stuff like that. So the last yeah. two, three years have been awesome. Very cool. So if you don't know, listeners, Joel was an elite strongman. And then correct me if I'm wrong with the little bio here. Then you retired from strongman. But, you know, you're still in that world somewhat. And you're competing in grip. And you have gotten a lot of traction like you said for some of the different feats you've been doing some of the different tricks you've been doing with hubbing specifically yeah. and uh is that pretty good uh rundown there <laughs> yeah so the, the whole strength uh my whole strength career started with strongman and then once that uh was kind of over for me i needed something else to kind of stay competitive stay active and we always kind of mess with grip stuff after training, you know, after uh, we're done with strongman training, we just mess with different stuff. We do farmers hold uh, the buddy I would train with Dave Austin. He had, he had a blob and two inch bells. And so I, at the time I had no idea what they were. We would just mess with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So cool. that's how it, it kind of started. And I was like, all right, like I can get into this. And, yeah. and just the more I did it, it just, I kind of like just became something I would do all the time. And uh, then started into videos and different different little tricks with the, the plates and going from there. Well, when it comes to strongman, though, I mean, I was digging into, you know, I went to various websites, did a little research. I'm like, man, I mean, I, I, I don't mean this as an insult, but I mean, truth be told, I didn't catch on to you until kind of your grip career. So I had no clue that, I mean, you're right up there competing with Brian Shaw, JF Curran. I mean, Robert Oberst, Mark Felix, Jerry Pritchett, like all these guys that like I've known of for years. And I'm like, holy crap. Like Joel was at like all these events, North American strongest man, all American strongest man. I mean, looking back on it now, is there any, uh, anything that, you really cherish like any competition that you just really just set you in a, a good direction or just was very memorable for any reason? Sure. Um, like you said, yeah, competing against all those guys. So like my last contest was uh, 2015. So right okay. before like, you know, like social media was really, really taking off and like people were promoting themselves for different videos on YouTube. So that was just like getting the start of it. So um, as I was done, that was starting to, progress more and more. So I didn't have that social media exposure. Like now there's so many different platforms and a lot more easy access, but like in terms of like special moments, like my first international contest was probably the biggest deal, you know, like just that, that whole dream of like, you know, I want to, I want to fly to a pro show and get paid yeah. against all these guys you watch on TV. Um, and it was, it was such a, 
a wake up call too. Like I was so excited to compete against these guys. So I seen them on TV and then you go and you kind of get your, your butt kicked <laughs> and you realize, okay, like I, I, I don't need to be excited anymore about being there. Like I need to, to show I belong there. So there it, was, it was special in that way. Like I've learned so much, but it was also such that, that first of everything. That makes sense. And was that the show you're talking about? Was that in Canada, the North American? Um, yeah. So it was one of those. It was one of okay. the, uh, it wasn't technically North American Strongest Man. I think that one, but it was just like a, one okay. of the series that they held up there where they would gotcha. have uh, ones in like Warwick and mm -hmm. uh, different cities in Quebec. Very cool. And you're from Minnesota. So recently I listened to you on Shaw Strength uh, podcast and listeners, you got to check that out. I'll drop a link to the Shaw Strength podcast episode with Joel in the description to this because you go in depth. And I mean, rightly so. You're talking with Brian Shaw. Of course, you're going to talk strong, man. And you go in depth into things. And I was fascinated with some of the, um, you know, local Minnesota kind of training that you hooked up with. Um, I'm blanking on his name, but he took third place at World's he's, Strongest he's Man. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. So listeners head there because some great stories you came out with. But my question for you is something I heard that kind of stuck out to me was you were talking about kind of the difference with um, training with the implements at his house and how when you were training, you know, up until then, you'd show up to a strongman show and like, all right, contest and okay, you know, try this for the first time because right. you're just at some gym. But now you actually had like Atlas Stones and all these things. Well, now let's fast forward. What's your opinion with grip competitions and having the right implement to train with? So like King Kong's coming up at the end of October, you know, how important is it to have the specific implement? Should athletes go out there and buy it or... If you're training thick handle and you're training hubbing and you're training this, should you be all right? Um, so funny you say that because like my first King Kong, I just showed up. I had no idea what the events were. Yeah. Showed up at Allen Heineke's. I found it up, uh, found it on like the website or whatever, the grip board or whatever, and just showed up and and did pretty good. Um, but obviously, if you if you want to be obviously do better, you you have to have these implements because they are so different. There's a thick handle, there's a pinch, you know, there's uh, different so much different one-handed grip stuff that it's it's super important to have these implements what's nice is for the most part a lot of them are pretty cheap um yeah. and my just my opinion i think the crusher is a great rolling handle so it's yeah. worth it's worth the price to have one it's funny you bring that up because yeah i my crusher i have a two and a quarter crusher and yeah it's pricey compared to other implements but it's one of those implements that I think, oh, man, this thing could go through like World War Three. Like it, <laughs> it is wow. such a well-made piece of equipment. So I hope Fat Bastard Barbell Company is who makes that, listeners. And if you haven't checked them out, it's kind of like going in a time machine when you try to purchase something. Like it's, it feels a little bit like outdated because you got to like contact them via email and then do this and then do that. So I hope uh, Fat Bastard Barbell Company kind of gets up to speed with a Shopify website or something like that. But Man, do they make great stuff. I have a bunch grab hold, a bunch of stuff from them that I love. The jug obviously is coming up. So when it comes to um these different implements that we're mentioning, you certainly post videos of them and whatnot. But if I was hard pressed to just ask someone, hey, what'd you heat? What have you seen Joel do? It would be hubbing a plate. So right. I'm the vintage weights guy. I love deep dish plates. I have deep, I'm surrounded right now in my gym by deep dish plates. Like 
seemingly can't get enough. I'm always scheming like, all right, where can I put another post and just kind of swap them out? And for listeners that may not know, it's been going on for years. I mean, I have pictures of John Grimmick, hubbing plates. I stand, um, you know, various, I could go, I could name people left and right from the York gang that were hubbing plates and in strength and health and various other people. So grabbing a plate and picking it up by the center hub isn't anything new, but some of the stuff you're doing with it is pretty cool. You know, you're putting it on a barbell, you're, you're flipping it up in the air and catching it. You know, when was the first time you hub the plate when can you remember that like when what was the plate when yeah. was the first time yeah so when i was training strongman at dave austin's he had just regular standard uh plates uh, with the deep dish standards okay. like a, a avanco knockoffs or whatever they are yeah. and just i was something we would pick them up on the hub and we try catching it and just yeah. it kind of all from there and so the, and i think what the biggest thing is is people can relate because they have a plate they can go and try it you know, yeah. no, not everyone has a 2.25 crusher to go see what they can do versus you. But they have a plate where they can go and it, it, they can correlate to how hard it is, the difficulty level. That's a great point because in the history of strongman, that's, I mean, even old time strongman, it was about relatable odd objects. You know, if, if Arthur Saxon picked up this big board over his head, well, people knew that a piece of timber weighed a lot. So that was amazing. Or if they picked up a, whatever, a horse, like Eugene Sandow walked across the stage with a pony, they knew, holy crap, he's carrying a horse. So I've wondered that about grip competitions that, you know, it's not quite a spectator sport just yet. <laughs> But some of that might be that, um, and I don't have an immense experience yet. I've only competed three times. King Kong will be my fourth competition. But I've thought to myself, huh, there's certain events that I bet if you strung together a competition like with hubbing, deep dish, things that someone could imagine, maybe it would attract some more attention. So when it comes to the Shaw Classic, you were involved with that. So did... Planning some of the uh, the grip-related competitions with the Shaw Classic this past year, you know, what went into the planning? Could you tell a little bit about, I mean, you've known Brian Shaw for over a decade, so I assume being friends helped, but just in terms of the development of those events, could you speak to that? Sure. So it's just kind of us it's talking about, like, you know, what what else can we do at the Shaw Classic? What can we implement? Uh, what can we do between the downtime events? You know, because you, you have a live stream, you have a live audience. So to just sit there 10, 20, 30 minutes between events is, is tough, you know. And so how do we fill that time? And, of course, me, I'm going to say, well, let's put in some grip events. And so this year we just started small. First year, uh, obviously not really a budget, just trying to make things happen, bring it coming together. Uh, obviously, the first thing we thought of, obviously, is, is his blob medley because people can relate to it because they see it in his videos, right? So sure. a lot of people comment, like, this person should try it, this person should try it. So this way we gave an opportunity for people to try it um, mm -hmm. that are very good at gripping. And then second, we had talking to uh, Nathan Hawley about getting a whole set of inch replica dumbbells of various sizes, uh, weights, yeah. but also two and three ace handles made and once that came to light then we we're like well we're going to do a one hand deadlift medley with those and obviously i think our, our progression from there is to try to do like four, a four to five event contest uh, mm. at least four events maybe next year down the road but at least we had these two events this first time to kind of get things going see what the interest is like see what you know how the, yeah. the kind of response back was so i i mean that's a great 
point about just a live stream and some downtime because like the rogue invitational for example once they started doing a bunch of those record breakers like in between the main events suddenly i i, I found myself streaming like all day I, I had to i had i had it going all day because i'm like oh cool like this thing's coming up next i want to see like if someone can lift the denny stones or whatever um so that that makes a lot of sense and i think those implements too um you know there's such a history to the thomas inch dumbbell so those replicas and and nathan holly uh i've had the chance thanks to chaz strange to mess around with some of his dumbbells nathan holly's and they're so well made and um so yeah that that i think is very cool now when it comes to denny stones though you the last i checked are the golden potato deadlift record holder is that still standing or is someone taking your golden potato record from you um, I still got that one. So we did a nice. golden championship um, and I did a little bit over the previous record I had, but with that implement, like it's like a perfect size for my hand. Yeah. Like my finger length isn't super crazy. So it fits very well in my hand versus if you have a really long thumb or long fingers, the golden potato uh, can be more difficult or obviously the other way around if it's too short. Yeah, the two little uh, stoppers on the bottom I find are interesting because my hands, you know, I can get kind of almost to them. But then I think two, maybe I'm just insane, but are the potatoes slightly different from each other? I so there, there's like a left and a right, or like yeah, but, yeah, exactly. So one is one is a little bit smaller, I believe, than the okay. other because they, they do a dinny lift with it as well. Well, that's that what one, I was going to ask. So your record is it just in front of you deadlifting? simultaneous or is it denny style like one hand behind you one in front so i have just the one hand deadlift record and then i'm okay. like and like the denny which you can do whichever gotcha. way but yeah uh, i did them on the side or like yeah in the side i kind of do like a a split stance like a jefferson okay. type deadlift. and listeners if you don't know couch potato strong makes the well i should say farms by the legend of them the golden potatoes this is one of them and I think it's a cool implement. After Kong, I plan to train on my golden potatoes and on my Joker bug uh, implements that I have. So that's like kind of the in the back of my mind, like, all right, I'm training for Kong. But then after that, I'm going to go to these guys. So how did you I mean, catch potato strong? He's out. Is I think he's out your way, right? Minnesota, he's Washington. Okay. See, I'm in Pittsburgh. So to me, like uh, anything out there in the West, you might as well be neighbors. Like, I don't know. So <laughs> so is that how how did you find out about the golden potatoes and uh, get involved so it was just another guy uh posting on instagram i seen him okay. do it up and what's so cool about them is they're cheap they're like 30 or 40 bucks yeah. free you get two of them and so i was yeah. like 30 or 40 bucks is like let's let's try it out and then for whatever reason my hand just fits perfectly in it and so well that's where i i think there you hit the nail on the head that that's why I got them too, because when I was starting out, getting a little more serious in grip, I've been just at the end of like my normal training, I would just mess around kind of like you said, but then I started getting more serious about it. And someone said to me, oh, well, here, these are only 30 bucks and you can do a ton of different things with them. And I'm like, right. Oh, all right, pretty, uh, pretty good. But if you go to Couch Potato Strong, I, I'm not going to repeat the legend of them because I don't think I can do it justice, but you can read the legend of them, listeners, at couchpotatostrong.com, the golden potatoes, and maybe even get yourself a pair of the spuds. I, they're numbered too, which I find entertaining. I've got 175. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, getting away from the golden potatoes, 
you know, you mentioned how strongman, you know, I saw you dabbled in uh, powerlifting and you mentioned those strongman was like your first serious pursuit, but that came after college, you played football, you're on track, you're a thrower. But yeah. if you reach like way back before that, I mean, what's like the first time as a kid you remember like lifting weights or trying to be stronger? So my dad was a volunteer firefighter and the fire department, they have like a, actually like a pretty decent weight room. And I yeah. remember going there like Saturdays, they would go in there. The the guys would hang out uh, like working on the fire trucks and have donuts and stuff like that. Me and my brother would go in the weight room. There's no one in there. And I remember trying yeah. to bench the bar. Uh, probably like seven, eight years old, and I couldn't bench the bar, and he had to like pick it up off me, and so it started from there. Nice, yeah. It's uh, for anyone who's into vintage weights or trying to find them. The pro tip on that: fire departments. Oh my gosh, when they get some money and they redo their weight room, sometimes they have like the best vintage weights coming out. Deep dish, right. you name it, round heads, globes. And I've known more than one collector that has just like cold called local fire departments and said like, Hey, you know, do you want some new weights? I'll buy you a brand new 300 pound set for those. I'll get rid of those old rusty ones for you. So I'm not saying to rip off your local fire department, but if they are generally, you know, selling off what they have, it's a good place because they always have a nice setup seemingly. Um, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> I'm not going to name them, but I can think of a couple right now who have, benefited from fire departments so that's pretty cool so then um from there i'm am i correct to assume you know just playing conventional sports football things like that got you in the weight room right so then just doing football track and hockey in high school as well okay and then we were just always in the weight room since probably ninth ninth grade okay. out of 10th grade so then to the best of my you know research on your background i immediately i thought oh he was a strong man and he was a thrower. He's had to have competed in Highland games. Have you ever? I, I haven't. I went and messed okay. with it a little bit with the buddy. Um, but I haven't, I, I would like to do it, but like there's so much stuff going on right oh, yeah. now in a way, with putting on contests and different stuff. I just haven't. And I think that there is like one local show I could try to go do, but I, okay. I just haven't yet. Just haven't gotten to it. I like that you say not yet, though. You're, like, yeah. you're not ruling it out. Like, hey, maybe it'll come down the pipe. Because, yeah, on my other podcast, Home Gym History, I've spoken with Bert Soren. I've spoken with Matt Vincent. And, you know, those guys all kind of took that track and field, you know, knowledge along with weightlifting and succeeded in Highland Games and kind of took that track. So I thought, oh, this is you, you got the uh, you got the resume, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're ready. So, and I bet you some of the grip stuff would uh, come in handy too. You got to hold on to that caber before you throw it the telephone pole. So, <laughs> but as far as, you know, some of your goals and things like that are concerned, what, I, I mean, Kong's coming up, you, you placed well last year, 14th overall, I think. And, you know, I think you'd want to improve on that and you want to go on, but is there any competitions or feats of strength or any type of grip related goals that you have in mind? Well, this this is uh, exciting news. So I took a new job, and I'll be working uh, full time with Brian Shaw. Nice. So I am essentially going to move down there. Uh, okay. For the for the most part, be there Monday through Friday, working with him, uh, doing all things Shaw strength, whether it's doing videos, uh, helping with 
you know, the the company side of it with the evolution athletics on defined nutrition. So a lot of moving parts with that, taking a lot of load off of him and Carrie. So my plan was to put on King Kong and mm-hmm. maybe, but now that's kind of off out of the picture. Gotcha. Uh, right now. So the big things going on right now is, is going to be doing a lot more stuff with him. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of more grip stuff with him. Now he's got more time. So the, the sky's kind of the limit when, uh, when I have him and, access to everything he's got access to yeah my goodness that's i mean that opens up a whole can of worms of things that just popped in my head like oh wow now you you know you're not just visiting this isn't stopping by now you're going to be entrenched in that gym of his and some of the i mean amazing weights he has you know he's got the full bun and globe set that he just picked up he's got deep dish he's got i mean he's got paul anderson's deep dish for the basement i remember that from strongest man in uh history so i mean yeah he's got a wild collection that um you know i'm (laughs) i might be one of the few that follow shaw online less for his lifts and more to see what he's lifting so i mean don't get me wrong i've been a longtime fan and i really i think he's the greatest in terms of strongman but being into vintage weights i also really love that he appreciates them and love to see what he's doing with them yeah. Is there anything, uh, you know, you just named a lot of different roles there. So, uh, I, I mean, I can't imagine what your business card is going to say. But <laughs> when it comes to these roles, is there something in particular you're excited to, like, get into? Um, Man, what can I talk about? I think there's... <laughs> yeah, so don't much- put yourself in jeopardy here, you know. New stuff coming uh, with just all the different parts of his company. We have a lot of different ideas, a lot of really cool stuff to get more people involved. Um, obviously a lot more video ideas. Yeah. But uh, we did one, one thing I can share is we did while I was there, there's one more video they haven't posted yet. Nice. Where we went and uh, he bought a 350 pound globe dumbbell. I don't know if you've ever seen uh-huh. that one for in Kansas yeah. city. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So we, we <laughs> went there and, uh, and we tried to lift it. So people have to watch hopefully. Oh, next that's week. cool. And see if we're able to kind of get off the ground because Russell said no one's ever moves it off the ground. So it's going to be very cool. cool to see. Um, so now that's at Brian's gym. So now we can yeah. mess with it more and, and uh, do some different things with it. Well, you've also visited uh, Richard Soren at mm-hmm. Sorenex. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's so cool. I mean, the the inventor of the blob. It doesn't get much better than Richard Soren when it comes to grip. So, well, I shouldn't say that. There's a lot of icons of grip and legends of grip, but he's one of them. That's for sure. So any chance uh, you're going to get Shaw to visit Sorenex and uh, take a look around? Because it seems like at their headquarters, they have an amazing museum. It seems like it'd be a good time for him. Yeah, we, we have a lot of different ideas. I think it'd be really cool to obviously go to Sornex, yeah. uh, go to York Barbell. Thank you for watching Vintage Weights PGH. Please support the channel by purchasing apparel through the link in the description or at www.vintageweightspgh.com. Old weights, new gains, and lift history shirts are printed on high-quality next-level t-shirts, and they are available in multiple sizes and color options. Thank you for supporting the channel. I was just at York Barbell, and um, I mean, it... 
it's a double-edged sword i mean I, I don't i won't relive my whole visit there because viewers you can watch my visit i have it posted on my youtube account but it was like on one hand amazing they have such a cool collection and they were so gracious like the gentleman that took me around like immediately came out in the parking lot like my buddy and i we were like swapping some weights and stuff that we were trading each other and he saw us through his window and came out and talked to us like hey you know what are you guys doing and we're, we thought we were in trouble we're like oh we're just uh switching some weights like no big deal he's like no i know like can i see him is that is that a york globe like <laughs> and i was like yeah sure so then he saw the stuff we were trading each other and we said they were coming in he said okay cool like i'll give you a tour we're like all right yeah so he was great took us all over but the double-edged sword side of it is it's almost like time stopped in 2001 like it's just everything just kind of stops like the hall of fame entry stop in 2001 like everything stops so for whatever reason i don't know it's way above the gentleman that took me around pay grade but whatever reason the funding stopped or something stopped so it's a need in dire need of being updated is yeah. the best way i'd say so still well worth the trip and such amazing strength history history but oh the stuff they just have in storage uh, is amazing too that we were blessed to see but i immediately thought oh my gosh this is like sitting in storage like and the only reason why is that they just don't have the funding or manpower to get it on display right yeah so that that's what that's what's so cool about sornex everything yeah. is the and yeah. like i just kind of got into vintage stuff so i knew what stuff was and just learned the value of some of the stuff and like my mind was blown like oh my yeah. gosh like you you don't see this stuff. He's got you know the Zuber two hundred. So I think there's only like maybe one or two other pairs in existence. Yep. All the different Jacksons plates and the globes. Yeah. Unbelievable the collection. Yeah. Richard's been collecting before many people were. So yeah, he's. But, I mean, he has his original uh, Jackson set that he bought as a kid, or as his father and mother bought him as a kid. Yeah. He still has it, and uh, he used to do his uh, birthday five hundred pound deadlift with it. So. I mean, crazy. So that I love that video though of you hubbing uh, York Deep Dish with Richard that you posted. That was really cool. Yeah. So he like he hasn't really seen people hub those much, and then I did like a from the from the lip, flipped it up and caught it, and it was so <laughs> special. Smile on his face, like the excitement. Yeah. He truly understands the difficulty of it. Versus, I don't think I don't know if anyone's ever done it, but to do that yeah. there for him to show him like what I'm able to do was was. I don't know. I is can't put it into words. Yeah, I, I think so. But I mean, I think nationwide, there's this growing kind of community of vintage weights collectors, or at least people interested. And I mention it all the time that you don't have to like fill your garage gym or home gym with vintage weights. You can just have like some cool dumbbells and then the rest be all new stuff. But yeah. when it comes to that, you know, what was your quest like? to round up everything you needed for the Shaw classic, because I love the hunt. I, I love being, you know, on the chase, on the hunt for certain vintage weights. Some people don't, I, I love it. What was it like for you? Sure. No, I'm in the same boat, man. I love that. It, almost like a kind of like a picker, like you're out there to search. Mm -hmm. up for, uh, I was lucky. There was a couple guys, uh, like you said, Zach Mullins and Chad strange. Uh, they both were super helpful with, piecing together all these different uh, legacy blobs that we were missing. Cause I think Brian's, it went from a, just a half a round head 100 to a 130 blobzilla. So there was a big gap. <laughs> that's, that's a big gap. Yeah. yeah a huge gap. And so able to track down all those, I think almost all of them were from those two guys. And then oh, maybe, cool. guy, which I can't remember 
uh, who exactly, but they helped with like one or two of them. Where we struggled to find the 135, we got all of them, but the half of 135 was like the most difficult one to track down for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, I in my own gym, I've been hunting for an 85 for longer than it took me to find a fat man or anything else. I don't know why, but I cannot find an 85 to save my life. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's caused me to train past it. I'm trying to get a 90 now. And that's kind of where I'm at in terms of my blob training. I've gotten up to comfortably lifting an 80 and now I'm just skipping 85 and training with the 90. But, uh, yeah, sometimes there's just that one piece that for whatever reason, but Zach was on my show on Lift History, one of the first episodes. And listeners, if you go back and listen to that, if if you didn't listen to that one, he gives such good advice about like alternate kind of ways to train your grip. And like, if you don't want to buy the implement, for example, you only have cash to buy this one and maybe not all the rest. Okay, just do this, this and this. So he has some cool advice on that episode. So where i mean this is going to change because you just said you're moving but up until recently um are you sitting in a home gym where do you mainly train yeah so we have uh, a detach like a second garage like a detached garage out on the property and eventually i talked my wife into let me turn it into a gym uh. and now my parking spot at the house garage i park outside so i can put the lawnmower snowboard all that stuff in there and then turn this into a gym and so been lucky, like you said, most of the, everything in here is pretty new. And then I have uh, some round heads, one through uh, like one through 35. Uh, okay. just, and then, uh, and then my big collection is obviously blobs, but to me, like the stuff I really love is all the different deep dish plates I have, you know, the Marcy plates, yeah. uh, even the York mill back, uh, the Canadian bullseye plates. I mean, just different, different hubs that I have that are really cool and special to me. Yeah, I've uh, actually you're a big inspiration to it. You and uh Timmy Livingston, he mm -hmm. does some crazy hubbing and tricks and stuff. He's riding a skateboard the other day while he's flipping a plate around and he juggles them through his legs. He does all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. But uh the two of you for sure, and then I'll throw out Clint too. Um gosh, what is his handle? Uh I'm blanking right now on his Instagram handle, but Clint, apologies for that. But Hebler? Yeah, there right? you go. Yes, yes. Lifty Zig, maybe? Something like oh that. Well, anyway, regardless, he did something that I still, it blows my mind. He hubbed a Shizzler Eagle Head, which I have Shizzler Eagle Heads, and they are so slick, the paint. And sure. beyond that, the slope is so, like, aggressive, I guess I would call it. Like, it's just something about the slope. You you barely get, it, it seems like you get, like, maybe three-fourths an inch of actual straight hub before you start hitting that slope that's pulling your fingers off of it. So when I saw him do it, I immediately grabbed mine to see, oh, how hard is that? And it's like, no, that's not even close. Like, <laughs> he's the only person. Have you ever hubbed an eagle head? I've never seen one. The okay. only, like, cool, like, really expensive plate uh, – is when we were in Kansas City, we stopped mm -hmm. at Aaron Lee's. He's got one of the the, the cross hubs that you were talking yeah. about. Like you have a Gibson. I right? do. Uh, well, I yeah. want a Gibson. I have a Weeder cross hub. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he had a, a Mars one. So I think all oh, the hubs Mars are beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, Mars. It was cool. So I seen it. And I was like, right away. The big letters. They're awesome. Yeah, because I was like, I gotta hub this man. We like, do you care if I yeah. can talk? Oh no, man, go ahead. So that was super cool, just because. I know how expensive and how rare all those cross are. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to, man. 
Well, it's interesting with the finger placement of things because with the York being a four spokes, that I haven't worked up to it yet. I'm, I'm rounding the corner on international, the bullseye. I'm, I'm good with Marcy. That's like the beginner hubbing plate. And then because Marcy, for listeners, if you don't know, the classic vintage Marcy's have like, I mean, it must be three inches across. Like it's a humongous hub on it's there, like which doorknob. Yeah, exactly. So it, I mean, I was able to pick it up the first time I had one. And then uh, internationals are nice and straight. There's like no slope to them. So that was like my next step. And then I have, I think after that, I'm going to start messing around with these billards that I have that have kind of a slope to try to work up to the York. Uh, A friend of mine actually today, Deep Dish Globes on Instagram, he just texted me a video. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this on the podcast but he uh out of nowhere he was like check this out i did it and he was able to hub a york deep dish so it was pretty exciting yeah because people see the york deep dish the old school ones and it looks like there's a hub right yeah like like, go to grab it and that slant is so much you really don't get much fingers on there so it's, it's it's a very difficult hub you ever when you're flipping one do you ever catch a spoke jam your finger anything like that not yet okay well fingers crossed then yeah <laughs> let's let's hope it continues that way okay. so other than eagle heads any plates that you're on the hunt for that you want to try to get to try to hub um there's some real like the, like what whatever they are like the rarest yorks where it's like a big round circle oh yeah I think plates are like 10 grand a pair whatever they are they're so yeah. rare the hub just, you're, it, you're talking talking about the thick hubs yeah so the thick hubs are extremely rare there was a pair near me about i want to say six seven months ago that had been welded um and for the price of them i was i was debating and then someone else um took off and bought them so i ended up not getting them and i kind of kicked myself i'm like man even though they were like complete it basically one of the hubs had been completely blown out and then it was welded back on okay over the years um that's why they went to spokes to the best of my best guess uh is that that wouldn't happen anymore um but yeah those thick hubs would be really unique but i mean i see you hubbing some shallow ones too like you know milled yorks um things like that that's a tough that's a tough grab i i'm nowhere close to doing that (laughs) so how often you know with your regular training let's just say for general health Along with like training for a grip competition, you know, are you just grabbing plates and hubbing them at the end of every training session? Like how often are you working at it? Um, yeah, I'm doing some kind of like different thing for a video, like almost every time I'm out here. So three, four times a week, just okay. mess with whether it be blobs, plates, uh, by the hub or trying to yeah. pinch two, um, pick them in some up. So every time I'm out here, I'm kind of messing with something, but like, I'll, t- I'll be able to tell like my fingers are beat up or like if you're pinching stuff where it gets the webbing kind of gets eaten up, like, you know, to stick away from that. So yeah. I, I'm always kind of messing with something. Okay. I, I mean, for me, I haven't done any like specific hub lifting uh, training. It's kind of been at the end of something else I was focusing on. So I was curious if you had like a hub lifting program or something you were on or no, it's just consistency. Um. I think it's just like a consistency that time on our attention, just keep messing with it. Um, And for a lot of people, you know, trying to find like a 25 or 35, that's got a nice hub on it to work your to, because like most of the hub trainers are just circles, right? Like if you were to get a hub, it's a circle. It's not like, like, like you say, like a a common international hub, 
Yeah. Like it's not the same. So so messing with plates that are lighter is yeah. probably the way to go. No, like my hub trainer from uh, Arm Assassin, or I have like the Iron Mine one. Iron Mine one's difficult just because it's slick. And if you, you know, <laughs> if I manage to get some chalk on it sooner or later, maybe I'll do better on it. But yeah, like the Arm Assassin one with the powder coat, you would think I'd be able to just hub like an insane amount on an actual deep dish, but it doesn't translate. You know, <laughs> you know, no. picking up 70 pounds with it doesn't translate to some of the 45 pound hubs so that's why my goal is to kind of work my way around my gym like once i conquer another hub move on to a more difficult one keep moving keep moving and and like nothing against like hub trainers i think that they, they're good and they have their place oh they have their purpose how yeah. cooler does it look when it's a plate you know oh, totally yeah absolutely because it's the history behind it you know i i say it all the time weights have a story and it's the story behind it that I think is cool. So like the video I dropped recently, I do vintage weight plate reviews. It's like the most, um, I don't want to say pointless because it is, there is a point to it. I like honoring the history of them, but it's uh, the least profitable review videos possible review videos <laughs> of companies that don't exist anymore. But <laughs> so there's zero profit in it, but I find it fun. So I, I do the same way as some influencers out there do a review of new equipment. I do a review of old equipment. So my most recent one was this power master plates from Pittsburgh. And they're some of my favorites. They're four spokes. It's probably not visible on camera because they're like directly behind me on the wall, but I use them at least twice, three times a week. I love them. And the thing about them that's, I think is cool. And I want to hub lift them is that when I got them, the hubs were covered in chalk, like clearly the the gentleman that i bought them off of like that was something that he did like for yeah. decades before they ever got to me so i just thought that was cool that like yeah like someone was like you know hub lifting these deep dish right here in my hometown for i don't know 20 30 years ago before i was even you know seriously lifting weights so when it comes to like a personal history or a company history like you said with some of these like really rare ones it's it's cool just picking up a deep dish plate that's why i like using them any right. new plates you've tried? Like, have you ever tried, you know, uh, hubbing some of the newer deep dish, like uh, getting gotten your hands on like a Bells of Steel or a Rogue deep dish or anything like that? Yeah. So the Rogue one, they have some at the at one of the gyms I go to that I put on my contest. Uh, they they have those and those as long as you get a little bit of chalk on them, then you're fine. They're they're not. I mean, they're difficult, but they're not too bad. Okay. Um, so I've done that, and then I've like done like a you know from a, the rim to the hub catch with those as well. Gotcha. I you know when the uh, Shizzler Eagle heads are starting to get they're getting more and more popular. They're hard to find, but I'd like to see what you could do with them. That's for sure. So we'll you know I, I'll have to check into some collectors I know out your way and see like can we even just loan this guy some uh, Eagle heads? I want to see what you can do on it. Yeah. That'd be very cool. And as far as events, I've wondered in my head, like, you know, well, I brought him up before Tim Livingston. He's, uh, you know, flipping plates around. I thought that'd be an awesome event. If you could get, you know, even if it's just two guys side by side, here are your Marcy's who can <laughs> flip and catch them the most times. Right. Just like, just go for it. Who can flip and catch them the most times before someone drops one and yeah. just have a head to head competition. That'd be pretty awesome. I don't think there's enough people that can do it to have an event at the Shaw Classic, but if you and Tim are ever like geographically in the same area, please do it. Right. Absolutely. No. 
uh, what's so what, it's like you said that idea is so cool of the different hubs and stuff like that. Uh, the tough part for like a contest, like say something like a King Kong, is you have to have implements that are essentially the same at whatever 12, 15 different locations across the world. So that's yeah. what tough versus like uh, when they host like a nationals or different events like that, where they can put in a medley where everyone's at the same location. Like mm -hmm. that's so cool when they can do that. Like I know they do it in, in Canada. They'll have like 12 or 13 different implements that you got to go around and pick up. Yeah, the medley. For everyone. So stuff like that's really cool. Like something I, I hope to like have some kind of medley in there you know, where there's like a York mill back and then there's some thick yeah. bar stuff. So there's going to be a, a vast uh, array of different implements that are just not, not for guys with really long fingers, but also like a good pinch as well. So, Hey, if you need a, uh, if you need some deep dish, <laughs> I, I'll let you borrow them for the Shaw classic. Just get, get a nice crash cushion, at least underneath them. You know, right. I, I, I don't want them coming back in pieces, but yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind sending them down there or I guess over there, Colorado, I believe Shaw. So yeah. yeah, that, that would be cool. I, I think for an individual contest, that would be really cool. I know that uh, Jed Johnson and grip sport international, their nationals that they have there's, there was a medley this past year that was pretty cool. And uh, I forget exactly how it ran, but basically um, every athlete brought, something a feat if you will that they and the rule was they had to be able to perform that so you couldn't just bring some impossible thing and throw it in there like right. you had to perform it and then i think they got a point for each one in the medley they were able to successfully lift yeah no I so like so i i think that's cool that like each athlete kind of brought their weapon of choice you know right. so that that was kind of cool setup but when it comes to something as huge as the shaw classic i mean that's like a a small arena right that uh it's held in so that's a massive amount of people coming in and out so i wonder uh what you can put together next year is are you already kind of getting some ideas flowing you don't have to say any too specific or are you just kind of uh, recovering from this year a little bit of both i'm I'm starting to get like the wheels turning of different things like i said i i found like a medley what you could have in it uh i like anvils would be super cool oh yeah that's classic those down so like how we talked about tracking down different things is going to find one that's actually like got a good horn on it so expensive like there it blew me away when i started looking for anvils because i thought oh that's cool like and I, and then i of course I, I enjoy strength history so i started going down the road of researching it and i mean i could go on for three hours about the strongmen that what they did with anvils and things over the years but there's a rich history there and then actually i brought him up already but john oka jokabug my favorite instagram name jokabug lazy old fucker he has such a good knowledge of anvils because he does a lot of uh metal work and things and welding and various stuff and building his tools and i i've shot him questions before like hey this anvil's for sale. It's like $2 a pound near me. Is that worth it? And he'll shoot back like, Oh no, that's, that's horrible. Or like, yeah, this is great. So just like I did a heavy dive into vintage weights, there are people that are really knowledgeable on anvils and which ones are collectible and which ones aren't, and which ones have a good horn and which ones, you know, might have a crack at this area and it gets expensive. I mean, there's anvils listed near me for over a thousand dollars, depending on their weight. So I, because I was thinking, man, it'd be cool to get like a, something not too crazy like 60 70 pounder and have it in my gym and that would just be kind of my feet of strength you could farmer carry it you could try to grip the horn 
So that would be a spectacle too, like we're saying before. I mean, right. I would love that. Very visual event, so people can get can kind of get an idea of wow, like that. It, it just looks heavy. Totally, and I mean, you could easily mark like their weight in big, large numbers on each one, so that people could see like, whoa, they're up to like a hundred and twenty pound anvil or whatever it is. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Is just some of them are like a thousand bucks, two thousand. Just and it's a lot actually. In terms of uh, trying to give like an homage to strength history, uh, I'll look it up after the episode and I'll make sure I reach out to you. So listeners, don't like fry me. Don't don't come after me if I get this completely wrong. But I believe it was Herman Gorner. Supposedly, there's a lot of like skepticism, but supposedly I think he like lifted by the horn and cleaned an anvil, something like that. Uh, I'll look it up, but I'll I uh, I'll have it. I have one of his biographies sitting right behind me in my book collection. So yeah, I'll send you an email, but it'd be cool to have some type of kind of like strength history homage to this like diddy, diddy, not kind of lift back in the day. Right. Right. No. Yeah. The animals are so cool, man. Like, cause there's such long history. I mean, people have been using yeah. it for a hundred years to, yeah. you know, forge things, make things. So. Yeah. Well, think about in terms of like just, arm strength and just brute strength i mean if you were working with your hands like that you were probably a strong individual so then you know it makes sense that you start kind of messing around like hey i bet you i can pick this up and I'll, I'll throw down a dollar on that let's see you know so i i would guess that's kind of where some of it came from so then big moves coming up how uh you mentioned that you managed to convince your wife to set up this home gym how uh without getting too personal i know you have a wife and children you're a family man How, how's the family feel about this adventure How how's it sitting with them so far uh they're pretty nervous i yeah. guess that's this way to say it yeah. um the kid young my son's seven and my daughter's two so they don't okay. understand too much so i'll fly back and forth for a while mm -hmm. until you know everything's kind of settled and we get things figured out if we want to move everyone out there so that will be a big decision down the road but yeah, they're pretty nervous about, you know, being gone all the time. But the goal is for her to work a lot less and be home with them more yeah. and uh, get more family time. But minus, you know, me being there every every weeknight. But that's part of it. You know, hopefully yeah. the goal is to to work to, you know, them eventually move there with me, hopefully. And uh, and the sky's the limit for what I think Brian can do post-retirement with so many different avenues so i think we can we can only grow together and it's it's going to benefit me as well so yeah i think it's not a question of you know oh man he's retired what's he going to do now it's more like what else is he going to do you know which avenue is he going to take you know is he going to go you know full throttle down this podcasting broadcasting is he going to promoting you know the shaw classic's been so successful at least from the outside looking in it looks extremely successful so yeah i'm I'm very curious to see because there's so many uh, strength athletes, I think, over the years that unfortunately don't make that much money in their careers, even though they might be one of the best. And then you kind of wonder, oh, geez, what are they going to do now? But I, I think he has the potential to just be <laughs> be the best at whatever he pursues. So it'll be cool to see that. And it'll be really cool to see uh, the role that you play in that along the way, um, you know. It, I think it's exciting. That's really cool. I didn't know that coming into this episode. So it's been fun to uh, kind of talk about it with you. Yeah, no, that just, so I was out there two, a little over two weeks ago now. And yeah. we did 
videos. Like I said, there's still one one coming out that they're going to do. Uh, but we just had talked about it, just the different things we can do together, and then we kind of just figured out how to how to get me out there, and yeah. just what's today Monday. So just Friday, we kind of agreed on everything. Give my notice at work, so it hasn't sunk in yet. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fresh. Real. So, but no, yeah. I, obviously, like trying to sleep right now is tough because <laughs> it's like, what are we gonna do? And so, I no, it, it's real exciting. Hey, I, I mean. Yeah, I imagine the wheels are turning. As soon as you mentioned it, I started thinking like, oh man, he just named like eight different things he's going to be doing. Like, <laughs> so I wonder like, what, which thing is this? But I think, um, you know, I never would have guessed that a couple of years ago, I'd be hosting these podcasts and talking to people and right. getting this deep into strength history and talking to people about their strength history. So you never know where it's going to take you and where things are going to end up. And if you're going to hit your horse to someone, Brian Shaw, he could do a far, he could do far worse. He's the man. So yeah, I think that's the, very cool. The real exciting part is like, I really think it's going to help the sport of grip so much. Yes. yes. You know, I feel like Juji kind of helped it a bunch there. Like sure. His first, and now you put more of like a strength athlete following mm-hmm. of Brian's are going to get more and more, uh, in-depth stuff from Brian with doing grip stuff yeah. and then me kind of doing it with them and stuff like that. So I think it, it's really going to help the sport. Well, I think it's um, like I mentioned earlier on the, the show in terms of growing the sport, um, finding competitions that are also fun to watch on that kind of level on a live stream is also like a, it's a little bit different than just, you know, trying to round up as many people as you can in your local area to get involved and like, Hey, because I'm hosting King Kong, for example. So I'm putting out like, Hey, anyone in Pittsburgh. And by the way, I'll just say it right now. Cause this will drop before then anyone in Pittsburgh, you can stop by the vintage weights, PGH gym and, you know, mess around with whatever weights you want, feats of strength after the competition and compete right here. And yeah, it's, I've got, I think four people right now coming by. Oh. Uh, so I'm pretty happy with that. I'll take it, but there's no spectators other than like my four kids. They're going to be bopping in and out to see what the heck's going on in the basement. That's about it. (laughs) So I think trying to find those spectacles, trying to, you know, think about things is a really cool uh, mind space to be in. And that'll be really fun. And Hey, if you need a historian, you know who to call. I can help you out on any of those avenues. I, I already jotted it down to, I'm going to double check if it was Gorner with the anvil or not, and I'll email you. So yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what you come up with and not just the shot classic, but just with, you know, whatever you're doing and, you know, your posts with your various hub lifts. So thanks so much for coming on, Joel. I really appreciate your time. No, absolutely, man. I appreciate having me. I, I, I admire your knowledge for weights and all that stuff like that. I think it's so cool. It's always so cool to like-minded people and I'm learning so much. And so my appreciation for weights is, is just right up there with you right now. Hey, that means a lot. And real quick, tell listeners where they can find you if they're not already following you. Sure. So Instagram is just Joel Dirks, D-I-R-C-K-S on pretty much everything. Uh, Instagram, TikTok's a big one for me as well. So those two are probably nice. the big, big platforms to check out what uh, my videos. Cool. 
I'll drop direct links in the description for those listeners, or you can just search Joel Dirks, D-I-R-C-K-S. And once again, thanks so much to Plate Snacks for sponsoring this episode. You can head to platesnacks.com and use code VINTAGE to customize your gym and make it your gym. This has been Rob from Vintage Rates PGH for this episode of Lift History. Thanks for watching.